friends. We are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. We are excited to be back in the studio, and by studio, I mean very tiny, tiny closet, but we're excited to be back. Yay! Yay! And it's 2020. Oh my goodness. 2020. That's so crazy. I know. It feels like just yesterday everybody was worried about Y2K, and now we're in 2020. So you can go ahead and get rid of that peanut butter and eat those cans of tuna because we have survived and everything is well. Yes. All is well. Um, anyways, thank you guys for listening and for hanging in with us. There's going to be a few changes to the podcast now that we are into the new year. Um, one of the things uh, that I went ahead and changed is the I'll be there for you moments. Those were not my favorite moments to try and coordinate and figure out and all the things. So I've nixed them. I've just decided not to do them anymore. So we won't be getting those at the end of the episodes any longer unless we, you know, find something funny that we want to bring up or something. But it's not going to be part of the program as regularly scheduled. However, something that we are introducing is the Which Friend Are You segment. So every time we have a a friend come on... Over the next um, kind of several weeks and months, the first time that we introduce a friend, we're going to ask them which friend they are and see what they say about themselves, how well aware of their own personality um, they can kind of, you know, figure out which friend they are since they're all so distinctly different personalities. So me and Llewellyn at the end of the show are going to kick this off in our own self-assessment of which friend we are, but we are going to do that with all of the friends that have previously been on the show because this will be their first time doing that segment. But then from here on out, every time we have a new friend introduced to the show, we'll ask them that same question, which I think will be really fun just to kind of see where we all line up on the friend scale, I guess. (laughs) So that's going to be something that we add. Um, And then obviously as we continue to develop We'll have more things added, more things, you know, tweaked and all the things. Um, it's really helpful if you guys let us know on social media um, or even through an email. We're happy with receiving emails to so let us know what you guys think of the show. And if there's anything that we are forgetting or that you think would be cool elements, we're open to consider whatever in order to make this a fun and enjoyable show for you um, because we're just having fun doing it. So um, we want you to enjoy it as well. So Llewellyn, welcome back. thank you um okay tell us your it's the beginning of a new month it's also the beginning of 2020 which we will talk about the 2020 portion later but give us a january life update since we've last chatted yeah um okay well since we last chatted we have gone through two major holidays you know christmas and new year's yes we have um so holidays were chill and very laid back, which was very much needed after a very busy December. Right. Because um, you really of... didn't get to rest because you had just graduated from school yeah. and then went into full-fledged holiday Yeah, prep. which at our work is very, like... It's a thing. It's one of the major things of the year. So right. it's it was a very busy few weeks, and then we had a couple days off for Christmas, and then a couple days off for New Year's, so right. it was just very... Very relaxing. Um, a lot of people ask me what I did for those, and I honestly, I went super introvert status. <laughs> New Year's, guys, I sat on my couch with a fire in the fire pit and watched Friends nice. until the ball dropped. Like so, a real fire or that yeah, Netflix fire. fire thing? Real fire. Nice. 
and it was That's the awesome. best thing ever. Yes. I you didn't that. know I'm an introvert at heart, so didn't really go anywhere. I went to my dad's for Christmas, but mm. went over for like lunch and gifts and then came home. So it was very chill, very relaxed. I am like, it was a struggle to go back to work, mm. you know, that like mm-hmm. first few days after the holiday and you're like, you like forget where your it? desk is and yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> you're like, what did I even do for my job? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. getting back into it. So good. that's good. That's awesome. What about you? I kind of had a very similar experience. December was obviously crazy busy. And then as soon as that, as soon as Christmas is kind of over, you're just kind of in coast mode. So Christmas day, the only thing I did, oh, sorry, major life update, sort of. Um, My best friend had her first baby on Christmas Eve day. Yeah. So she contacted me pretty early in the morning on Christmas Eve day. And so I went to the hospital, and then when she was ready to push, she only wanted her husband in the room with her, which I took as a perfect opportunity. I actually had to work on Christmas Eve, and so I went to work, and I was like, perfect. Once I get out at, like, 7, I'll come um, I'll come back and see you guys. So I went back and saw them for maybe an hour, but I figured they had been so busy with, like, family all day since I wasn't there. Um, that I only stayed for an hour, and then I went and had Thai food for Christmas Eve by myself. Hey, no shame. And it was so wonderful. I was like, maybe, because Thai food places, of course, they're open on Christmas Eve. So I was like, maybe I'll just do Christmas Eve every year, Thai food, and it'll be amazing. So I went and got it, but they closed pretty early, so I had to, like, rush over to the hospital, hang out with them for, like, an hour, and then I booked it over to go, you know, pick it up to go. Um And then on Christmas Day, I went back to the hospital and was there almost all day and then went to um, a bonfire with some friends, which was really nice, but low key. Um, But when I got home from that, I went home and watched one of my favorite movies, Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) And um, because I couldn't stand any more Netflix movies that are like pretty much Hallmark movies, I just couldn't take the cheesiness anymore. Um, So I watched like a legitimate, like good movie. So that was it. And then for New Year's, I stayed home, and it was wonderful. Isn't that the best? I binged The Office, which was different than what you did, but yeah, still similar. Well, I had we could to have binge like binged together because it left. Yeah, I actually, it, guys, I felt like a rebel, and I know it's only because like in our time zone, mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were. We're the first ones to hit midnight, so. Mm-hmm. I, like, after the ball dropped, I went back to watch Friends, and I was like, I'm watching it in 2020. Like, <laughs> get it, Netflix. But By the time I woke up in the morning, it was, it was still cool. on my list. Like, you could see the thumbnail of the picture, but it said null. Oh, like, so null sad. in, like, parentheses. I was like, this is the saddest thing. <sighs> so that Why? is a big update for 2020, guys. You are no longer able to watch it on Netflix. I know. You have to go to HBO Max. So dumb. Like, who has like, who an wants HBO another Max prescription? Prescription? Subscription. Subscription. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, another streaming service. Especially, like, Disney Plus just got theirs. We already have Netflix. Yeah. Llewellyn has Hulu. Like, I don't need another one. So, guys... We actually just went to Best Buy and got the 10-season Blu-ray DVD pack for, like, yeah, 50% off. So we're going to watch it the old-fashioned way, and it's going to be wonderful. Yep. We're going to love it. We're going to love it, and we're going to do it. So anyways, um, so maybe this podcast will be even more reminiscent for you guys, since unless you have HBO Max, you're getting, I don't know, YouTube? However you find it. I know. Sorry, guys. But anyways, um, okay, so... I'm going to turn it over to Llewellyn for the episode recap. All right. So we kicked off the new year with episode 11, which is also known as the one with Miss Bing. 
Chandler's flamboyant romance novelist mother comes to New York for a visit, and Joey catches Ross making the mistake of kissing her in a restaurant after getting himself drunk when he sees Rachel bring Paulo. Monica and Phoebe see a guy they like in the street. When Monica shouts after him, the guy turns and is hit by a car. They then fight for him while he is in a coma. (laughs) (laughs) Just reading those sometimes, I'm like, what even happened? Yeah, this show is just so interesting. Yes. Um, there's only like really two talking points really throughout the whole episode. Yeah. There's the whole Chandler's mother, mm-hmm. which takes up probably 90% of yeah. the talking points and point. all the things. And then there's the matter of the coma guy. So let's talk about the coma guy first. Okay. Because it's the least amount of conversation that cool. me or you wrote down. Yeah. Um, cause you didn't write a lot about him, did you? I didn't know. Um, but the one thing I did really notice was in the beginning when they were talking, um, when they were at the newsstand before they like, yes, like when they first saw him. Yeah. How many times, Leanne, have you and I been sitting in like a Starbucks <laughs> or any coffee house really? Because so we go to a lot of coffee houses and one of us will sit there and we'll be like, all right, don't look now. But that guy behind you or that guy in line. Yeah. And then like you, your instinct is like, I want to turn around and look at him so bad, but Right. You, you got to like sneak a look or like, oh, I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom and like yep. look at him. So when Monica said that in this episode and Phoebe like immediately turned around, like yeah. that's all I thought about. Yeah. Because even me and you have done it where like I've looked and then like I'll look at you and you'll look and like we'll both like, like we both instinctively knew that the other had looked and was like, yes. Like it was like a confirmation <laughs> between our glances that yeah. like, yes, the the guy is mutually attractive like yeah. to us. Yeah, we've done that so many times, but Phoebe does turn around, like, immediately. She does. Which is so funny. Yeah. But the like, guy's like, just turn around, clueless. Like, like, he never even notices. No, he doesn't even look up. And then he comments, nice hat, and Phoebe's hat is literally the worst that you've ever seen in the entire yeah. planet. I'm pretty sure he was talking to Monica. Yeah, I think so, too. But Phoebe's the one that said thank you. Right. Have you ever worn one of those kind of hats that Monica had? That kind of, like, half the half side flappy? No. I kind of want to buy one, though. Really? I feel like if you wear the right outfit, you could pull it off. Okay. I've never really had a desire to wear a hat like that. Yeah. Sometimes I see just, like, brands that I follow that they have hats like that. (laughs) And the models look so cool. I'm like, (laughs) I want one of those. (laughs) Although Monica does kind of look like, it does look 90s, but it's because it's, like, the filtering and, like, even the episode quality is kind of interesting. So I love the competition between Monica and Phoebe. That at the beginning, they're doing things together, and they're, like, spending time with him together, and then all of a sudden, Monica shows up one time, and Phoebe's already there, and then Phoebe calls Monica out that she had already been there earlier that day and changed his pajamas. Yeah. Changed his pajamas. Oh, my gosh. But just the competition between the two of them is just, it's funny in this episode, because I don't think, like, we haven't seen, like, Phoebe and Monica really interact like that yet. No. You know? So it was just an interesting, like, point between the two of them. And how Phoebe is playing the show at Central Park and Monica's about to walk out because she's about to be, like, committed to the set. Yeah. So she, like, speeds up the song and then finishes. And then leaves. Like, she just leaves. (laughs) She's like, okay, we're we're taking a break. And she just started just to, like, compete. And then at the very end... This guy wakes up, they, they they make it to the hospital, they walk in, no one's in there, the toilet flushes, he comes out, and he's, like, awake. And Monica and Phoebe are, like, 
so excited that he's awake and like, oh, you're doing better. And he's like, yeah, cool. Okay, thanks. Bye. And they just lay into him. And I kind of felt bad for this guy because he was getting reamed on for being inconsiderate and so rude. But like, he doesn't know who they are. He's literally been in a coma. And he's getting like destroyed by these two girls. I felt bad for him. Yeah. Anyways, any other comments on, on that? I don't think so. You know, now that I'm looking at our at our show notes, I realize that I wrote more about this and you wrote more about the other thing. <laughs> so I only have literally one note for the next part of our like show, but I will probably, I mean, you know me, I'll intercede and we'll have chats. So really the next talking point is Mrs. Bing. Mrs. Bing. And our introduction to her is through the television in her interview. Yeah. With who is that? Late was night. it Jay Leno? Jay Leno, that is, yep. Um, but like a late night with Jay Leno. Which he's not even a late night guy anymore, is he? I don't think so, no. Who took over Jay Leno's spot? I think it was Jimmy Fallon. Was it Jimmy Fallon? Okay, literally, he's the best. He is the best. I don't think they can ever replace him. No, he's for sure the best. He's the best. I don't like anybody. I've never cared about late night television ever. Until Jimmy Fallon. He is the best. I went to a monologue show when I went to New York. Um, and it was wonderful. And it wasn't even the full show, but it was just so cool to see like them doing what they do. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. Anyways, that was the sidebar. So, okay, let's talk about Chandler's mom issues. Okay, yeah. So he, <laughs> so even just from the get-go, like they're watching her on TV. And <laughs> one thing that just like cracks me up about Chandler, like his personality, is you can tell when he's super nervous or anxious. He doesn't yeah. sit. He stands, he moves, he fidgets, oh. he just, like, walks around. So if you notice in this scene, he's always yes. standing in the kitchen and, like, not really paying attention. And the friends are, like, you slowly come to find out that, like, Rachel loves her novels. Yeah. and Which, is this the first time we find out that she likes erotic novels? Yes. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you don't really, like, she doesn't say that specifically. She just loves her, no- like, her novels and yeah. you have to put it together. Yes. Because that comes up later in one of the seasons that yeah. she, like, loves it. And it seems to be a surprise to everybody. But she just announced it to everybody yeah. that she loves erotic novels. <laughs> Rachel, in this day, like, the it would be Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Like, that's what she would be reading. Yep. She'd eat that up. She would eat it up. <laughs> yes. Okay, continue, though. Um, But, yeah, so this is, like, this is the first time we see Mrs. Bing. Mm-hmm. I think we've heard about her from different things Chandler has talked about. Yeah, probably around just the like Thanksgiving thing. family issues. Yeah. But this is Chandler. the first time we're meeting her and seeing her. And it's just interesting, like, to me, like, the dynamic between him and his mom. They almost seem like, it almost seems like they could be brother and sister, which sounds really weird, but... Like, you almost get, and I know I'm jumping ahead from when, like, we first see her to, like, when when we end with her. Like, it just, I don't know, like, the way that they, like, talk to each other and stuff, it's, like, almost more so a sibling relationship than it is a mother-son relationship. And it could be because she's, like, clueless on, like, all the times that you royally screwed over your son. Yeah. And, like, just made him feel all these things that you shouldn't as a parent. But, um... I don't know. I just get. I just like sense that. In so, some are of you it. talking more looks or personality? Because in your show Both. notes, you wrote, you literally wrote Chandler's mom looks like she could be his sister. Yeah, I mean, looks wise, yes. But I feel like now, like the more that I'm thinking about it and talking about it, 
I feel like there are some mannerisms that are like, you could be more a sibling than a parent. Okay. And it could just be that she really isn't a good parent to Chandler. Right. So, like, that's where you're kind of seeing that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. I saw that in your notes, and I watched the entire episode with that in the back of my mind. And I was like, I could not disagree more. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. I do not think she looks like him at all. But when you talk about the personality and the relationship element, I could totally see where you were coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, she definitely looked older than him with like plastic surgery and like trying to look younger because she's an erotic novel writer. I could see how that would be like. You're very into, like, how you look and how you appear, and you're, like, seeming yeah. cool with, like, the kids and, you know, whatnot. Yeah, for sure. But I, I definitely see your point of view when it comes to her personality. Yeah. Um, And then you also had a note that said Ross might actually be more annoying. So we're going to skip forward to the dinner, right? Yeah. yep. And that he is actually more annoying sober than drunk? Yes. Explain this to me. I get it, but I think I just put it together, and I have words for it, but I want you to explain. Well, we still, like, we we see Ross's frustration with the whole Rachel Paolo thing, and, Mm -hmm. you know. um, They are so extra in the episode, though. They are. Like, when she has, like, the guacamole on her wrist, and he, like, just, like, eats it off of her hand. so annoying. So, like, Ross is, like. also, I really want a guy, so I was, like, that's that's hot. (laughs) No. You can do better. Uh, oh, I could do better than Paolo, but, like, let's be honest. They do have very sexual chemistry. Yeah, so, I don't know, because he, at first, was, like, Mrs. Bing offered him, like, shots of tequila. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, I don't really drink tequila. <laughs> but then Paolo walks in, and, like, Rachel and Paolo are just being really annoying, like they usually are, and Ross is, like, natural. Well, when they came in, like, oh, sorry, we're late, we got held up, and, you oh, like, yeah. they clearly, yeah. you know. Um. So then he immediately starts taking shots. And so <laughs> we have both already expressed plenty of times how much, uh, how annoying we think Ross is. But I I guess I figured when he started taking shots and he was going to get drunk that he would be twice as annoying. Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually like when people drink, like they turn into like the most extreme versions of, of themselves. Their, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like putting a magnifying glass on the most extreme versions of themselves. For sure. Yeah. But I honestly think Ross was a little bit more tame. And, like, mm-hmm. didn't, like, say as much. Yeah. Which was weird. Now, Ross tends to do dumb things when he's drunk. Yes. As most people do. do. Right. <laughs> but I would say overall that he just seemed a little, like, I can handle drunk Ross a little more than I can handle sober Ross. I wonder if it's because when you are drunk, like, people know you as that. And so there's a, a different filter by which they're, like, processing what you do Maybe. through and I wonder if s- drunk Ross gives you the justification for his actions that you don't give him when he's sober. Maybe. So, like, when he's drunk, you're like, of course that's what he acts like. But, like, that's probably how he always acts. But in this episode, we have the justification, like, oh, he's been drinking. Yeah. So then you filter that through a different light, and it's less mm-hmm. annoying because you expect it. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Interesting. Um, so in the talking about him doing something so stupid, he breaks the bro code. Yes. And he kisses Miss Bing. He does it. And had Joey not caught him, who knows what could have happened. But also, Joey. Joey. 
Why? Always. Why are you always the one that catches people? He's always in the middle of everything. He is. And then he always has to keep secrets, and he hates keeping secrets. No, poor Joey. He gets the ringer when it comes to, like, the friend groups. But he does a pretty good job at keeping secrets, though. That's Joey. That's the... Well, I guess Chandler is technically the loyalist, but I do think Joey is a very loyal friend. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. He's a very sacrificial friend, and it always comes into play in the most extreme circumstances. Yeah, so... Joey having to keep the secret and I mean he does a good job for a while but you know he he ends up calling out Ross and like all the excuses he's making to like cover the fact that he kissed Chandler's mom and yeah so then he just he finally like gets Ross to tell him but then in telling him Ross Ross mentions like oh well Joey knew so then Chandler is not only mad at Ross but also Joey yeah but Joey was not having Ross's excuses. Oh, he was not. <laughs> so funny. <No. laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Um, but like in all of that, you know, we come to like towards the end of the episode. Joey just basically is like, hey, you need to work this out with your mom. You need to figure it out yeah. and like talk to her and don't be mad at us for something she did and like all this whatever. Yeah. So. Chandler ends up having that conversation with his mom and it's long and we don't really know everything that's said because we're on the out outside like looking in yeah um but from what we can tell it was a good conversation yeah and it went well and, and probably Chandler... one he hadn't had before yeah based on what we can gather from context yeah and like it's never easy when you as a child have to call out your parent on something have you ever done that have you ever had like a sit down like we need to we need to chat conversation with your parent yeah it's any of them yeah, I have with my mom before. Okay. Um, it was nowhere as near as extreme as this was, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've had moments. Okay. I did once with my dad. It was because I was going through like a lot of healing processes with like yeah issues that I realized came from him from like growing up that I was learning how to like process through and like give words, you know, like get verbiage to and, and it was... It was a good conversation, but it was, like, so hard. Yeah. So they're I can not, imagine, like, easy. Yeah. no. Which is probably why they didn't want to show it, because, again, it's a comedy sitcom. Yeah. And they're not yeah. going to show So they played on the comedy by showing Joey. On the outside on the of the outside door. Yeah. yeah. Trying to explain it to Ross and then being like, well, I don't know what they're doing now because I'm talking to you. Yeah. So they, like, both go back to the door and, like, For sure. you know, eavesdropping. Yeah. But... Yeah, so it was all around like a good episode. I thought it was really funny, um, just the dynamic between us finding out a little bit more about Chandler's family and then the continued hatred that Ross has towards Paolo yeah. and what that makes him do and, and how, you know, funniness can just transpire from that. Yeah. Um, but kind of just like she comes in, she also breezes right back out of the episode and we don't see her again for a little while. So. Yeah. So it'll be a while before we see Mrs. Bing again. Yes, it will. Um, okay, so then do you have a favorite moment of the show? Um, I originally didn't have one, but I think if I had to pick one moment, it was one that we actually didn't even talk about. Yeah. Um, which was... Which we can talk we about. We find out that Rachel loves erotic novels. Mm-hmm. And she wants to now write one of her own. Because Mrs. Bing has encouraged her. Yeah. That as long as you have different euph- like euphemisms for yeah. male genitalia, you can write yes. a novel. So at the very end... Which is not true. No. No. No, it's not. But at the very end, like after... Like as the credits are rolling, mm-hmm. the friends are all proofreading it. So funny. And they're just... All of these wrong spellings and 
it's just not good, Rachel. Yeah. It's not good. It's just, no. <laughs> she doesn't, yeah. That was my actually favorite point, too. Just the spell check portion at the end that she wants them to verify her first chapter. Yeah. And she feels so proud to do it. And this is still in season one where Rachel is sort of directionless yep. in her work and in her desires and her passions. And so, like, this kind of plays into that, too. Sure. Of, well, maybe I'll be a you know, erotic novel writer. And she just kind of throws herself into it. And then all the spell checks are just, I just think they're hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. And how the friends are kind of making fun of her for it. And it's just a great, like, a great ending. Like, it ends on such, like, a comedic high note Yeah, that it was great. Yeah, it was good. So, so all over a good episode. Um, okay, so like we said at the beginning of our conversation with you today, we talked about adding an element for friends, which is the which friend are you? Now we're going to ask all of our friends this um, coming up in the next several months as we have them on the show for the first time since the new year or we introduce brand new friends, Yeah, which hint, we might have one coming relatively <laughs> soon. Um, that we're going to ask them these questions and it's going to be gender neutral because all of the friends have such distinct personalities that we would hate to limit, um, like girls to the girls and guys to the guys when they're all so different. Um, so we're going to ask all of our friends. So we wanted to kick this off with just the two of us. So Llewellyn, which friend are you? Um, well... I want to say Monica. Okay. Um, but I also want to say a little bit of Chandler. Okay. So Is that like, just because you love Chandler? No, no. <laughs> just kidding. I think it's because um, I've, I mean, I've heard some people say that some of the things I say are very like one-liner, like quick whip, wit type things. Okay. So maybe that. Um, and I'm just like. Guys, I'm I'm just guessing here. Le- Leanne's gonna tell me what she thinks, but am I? Yeah, you are. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Yikes. I don't know. I think that, and yeah, I don't. It's hard to like talk about yourself and like personality wise like that. Right. I would think I'm a very loyal person, which Chandler for sure is. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you tell me what you think. So okay. I say Monica and Chandler like a blend. Okay. I would say... I feel like you're going to throw me through a loop here. I don't think so. I think you are very much like Monica when it comes to um, just the strong-willedness. Like, you are very, like, you aren't afraid to say no when you don't want to, like, do something. Or, um, like, I think you have, like, good organization skills and you're very task-driven. And so, like, there is that side of you when it comes to, like, the strongness of her personality not necessarily like the OCD-ness, like that's just an element to her, but right. she is very strong-willed, which I do think you have elements of. Um, I don't think you exemplify that in like an extreme way sometimes like she does, but you do have yeah. like some elements to that. Um, I can also see you being, you're going to hate this. But I think I can see you be, like, Ross in the sense that he is, like, intelligent. And he is, like, you are, like, you always seem like you're always, and this might be because you just came out of a schooling season, but I just see that, like, you do, like, you have a desire to, like, 
move to a new city and you're always curious, like you like to the idea of like doing something new. And even though you might like default into something that's comfortable, I do think you have that like explorer personality element, which Ross in and of himself is not exploratory, but he is always curious about things, which is also like to play with his intelligence. So I do think that you have some element of him in you as well when it comes to like being curious for new things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I could see how like in the show that that is probably often missed because like he's had the same job for however many years. Yeah. Um, But I, but I do think that he's like, he is an explorer, like just because he's a paleontologist, like you think like, oh, boring, like same old, same old, but they are always exploring. For sure. Yeah. So I could see that being you as well. Um, even even maybe to a more like heightened degree than like we see exemplified in him in the show. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I would say you're probably more like seventy percent Monica and like thirty percent Ross. So I'm I'm the siblings. You are the sibs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any response to that? Because I just called you Ross and I know uh... you might need some time to like, you know, cry no, and mourn. No, it makes sense. Um I'm just thankful you didn't tell me I'm like the annoying side of Ross. <laughs> But no, it does. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Mean. No. It does make sense. No, I do get that. Um, I, yeah. And I do, and I like how you said, like, I typically, or I usually default to, like, comfort, which I think Ross also does, in a sense. Yes, definitely. Um, Which I could for sure see about myself. So I think you're, I think you're right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't mind being... Ross in the sense like that yeah and the way you explained him because Ross like even though we do knock down Ross a lot I think it's it's the annoying tendencies that we knock down we right. do both I mean I can speak for myself I guess I can't speak for you but I would I would think we both do respect Ross in a way that he is very intelligent and yeah he is like a well-rounded person yeah we just think some of his tendencies that they show in the show right are like come on ross yeah get it together and but. i think that's probably the hardest thing about the which friend are you question that we're going to discover in our friend group it'll be interesting to see what they say initially yeah and then once we kind of help them walk through like you almost have to break through the stereotypical um version of them that they show on yep. the episodes and go into like what's driving those, yeah. Because it does from a come from a place of either loyalty or like Joey is like the fun one, always looking for adventure. Um, so you have to kind of like break through. You have to break through the initial, like, yeah, version of them. Exactly. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And that's what's gonna. And that's what's make it. That is what is hard to self identify because yeah. you see Ross and you're like, oh, gosh, he could just be so annoying. But, like, once you break it down, you're like, oh, his personality does have these characteristics to it. So it's yeah. going to be interesting what our friends think of themselves. For sure. And we're going to try and help them see past the stereotypical versions of themselves that yep. the show portrays and try and get to some of their deeper, deeper personality traits. Yeah. Cool. All right. So which friend are you? Okay. You would think that I would have thought about this before the episode, <laughs> but I actually didn't. So I do think I'm also like Monica in the sense that I'm very strong-willed. I'm very task-driven, list-organized, like want to uh, like accomplish 
like things. But I also think I can also be kind of like Rachel, where she is kind of that like maybe not as much in this season because she's still like kind of figuring things out. But she ends up being like this kind of like achiever, like wants to like accomplish certain things. She's driven. Um, but she also does, and it's funny because you wouldn't think this about me because I literally almost act the opposite of this, but, like, I do love clothes and I love fashion, and I do kind of care about what I look like, but I don't know. Now I'm thinking about that, and I'm not sure, but I also am a very loyal person. Like, to the people that are, like, in my crew, I'm, like, the most loyal. So, actually, I might need your help. Okay, so... I definitely agree with Monica. Okay. Um, so I agree with all the reasons you said, so we won't dive into that. Um, however, I don't think you're like Rachel. Really? Instead, I would say when it comes to like your fashion sense, uh-huh. you're more so Phoebe and not in the way that like you dress like crazy like Phoebe does, but in that you know exactly what you like mm-hmm. and you stick to it. And so you're very... You're very unique, and um, though you're not, like, very out there and different with your outfits, like, you do, like, you pick you pick a style um, that's, like, within culture and whatnot, but you're very, like, I like this, and I don't really care what other people think about it. I'm going to stick to it. Hmm. And it's unique to you, and I love it, so I'm going to run with it, whether Joe Schmo thinks it looks ugly or whatever. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to do it. And I think that, like, whole attitude, like, kind of is all around you. Um, and in a sense, that's, like, a lot like Phoebe because she's just very, no, I don't want to do that. And, yeah. yeah, like, let's go do it. Or, like, why aren't we doing this? And huh. um, so I think in that aspect, you are Phoebe. So, like, you're not, like, you're definitely not 100% her. So I would say maybe, like, 20% Phoebe. Okay. She is very eclectic. Yeah. But very, like... I know what I want, and I'm going to stick to it, which is very much me. I know exactly what I want. And it might not be bohemian like she is. It could be something super expensive, and I, like, know I want it, so I'm going to get it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. But I I would delve a little bit further and say that you're a three-per. What? You have a third person. I have a third. Okay. And you you kind of alluded to it about the, the loyalty. Yeah. Um, you are a very loyal person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we mentioned it in this episode a little, but I would say you're almost a Joey loyal more so than a Chandler loyal because, and like, that's literally the only part of Joey that you are. Um, <laughs> just because he is very like, like when he gets caught in a secret or something, like he doesn't want to break that of anything and he does so like he's so strong in that and I think in your personality you very much are um when you when you get a close group of friends it's like you trust them Mm -hmm. and you you like almost give them everything like you give them everything you are um to a degree obviously but you you recognize like if like a trust is broken and like you're not afraid to speak about that Mm -hmm. and like say like hey like this happened and how can we fix it? And like, this is what it makes me feel like. And so I really think that when it comes to like the loyalty, you, you portray like Joey's loyalty. Okay. Because you're not afraid to like call somebody out 
Yeah. <laughs> when they've broken I just had trust. a conversation with a friend where I ripped into them for being such a hypocrite. Yeah. So you're it not afraid to so do that. Empowering. <laughs> Which I think Chandler, to some degree, like, has, like, a harder time, like, confronting somebody. Where, I, But I don't yeah. think Joey does as much. Yeah. I think you're right. So, so I'm a three-fur. You're a three-fur. I'm a... Well, I can't even put all three names together. No. Nor am okay. I going to try. No. Okay. Monica, Phoebe, Joey. Monica, Phoebe, then Joey. Like a little like a little Joey on top. Like a little... Like the cherry on top is Joey. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Just his loyalty. Okay. I can appreciate that. Cool. Thank you for that delving into. You're welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I want to encourage you guys, if you know who you are, tell us on social media. Yeah. We want to hear who our friends are and who you think you are. Um... Oh, wait. What? What are your goals for 2020? We are in a new year. Or maybe let me rephrase that. What do you hope happens in 2020? Like, what are some, what's something you're expecting? Like, yeah. what is, what is your vision for 2020? 2020 vision. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as all of you guys know, I just graduated yes. college. So, I mean, that's a big thing. And um, I think... I mean, I've got, like, specific goals. I won't dive into all those. But I think, like, overall in 2020, my vision and my goal is to find, in a sense, like, I want to find a new job and I also want to find a new city. So you kind Mm. of alluded how I like to explore and, like, see new things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've lived in the same place my entire life. So I really want to, and I've always dreamed of being elsewhere. You know, I think I've talked about living in New York City. Yeah. Um, so whether it's New York this year or somewhere else before New York, like, okay. I think this year I'm really just, like, expectant on new things. So I That's guess cool. just, like, kind of capillate, en- encompass is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I think just overall. <laughs> we have to keep that in. That's amazing. Um, I'm just looking for, like, I just feel like 2020 is going to be a year of new. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. What about you? I like that. I have that similar, like, sense for... Kind of like a, like not in the new, that's like the typical, you know, I kind of like, yeah, new me, like, but I really do feel like it is a year of like kind of reinvention. Like the things that I've always wanted to do, making a plan and doing them. Um, And like I said earlier, not in the sense of like a resolution per se, but I have specific goals that I want to hit and there's kind of a lot of them. And so I broke them up into like 12 different months. And so certain months will have certain focuses. Yeah. Um, and then once the next month comes, because I've done something for 30 days, that'll already be a habit. And then I can add on top of it. Yeah. Because I often want to do like everything all at once because I'm a perfectionist. Yep. But then because I'm a perfectionist, I often procrastinate. Yeah. And then I don't get anything done. So like 2019 was such a weird year where I felt like I wanted to get so much done, but because it felt so overwhelming, I didn't do any of it. Like yeah. I literally feel like I did no growth from like all of 2019. <laughs> And I just don't like that. And so I want to change. So I have some certain goals that I'm going to hit. But I also, this is like really weird, but I also feel like my hubby is like right around the corner. So I'm like putting it out there on the podcast. Like you guys hear it first, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like 2020 is my year. I've been single for like 10 years and I've like grown a lot. But I do think there's just stuff that like personal growth happens in the context of relationships and I'm just excited for what that looks like, and I think this is my year. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. But there you go. I'm I'm feeling it. It'll be good. That's awesome. 
I'm not moving anywhere though, so <laughs> so we're gonna have to figure out how to do this podcast apart from each other. <laughs> so which we will, no which worries. we will. But anyways, okay. So sounds like 2020 is gonna be a year of reinvention for both of us, just yeah. in very different ways, which will yes. be awesome. Yeah. So it'll be cool. Um, well, we love being on this journey with you guys. And like I said before I skipped around again, we want to hear which friend you are. So try and take all of their personality traits and really dive into the depth of who they are as a person. And then let us know which friend you are. We want to kind of know. I think it's a fun exercise to self-assess. And if you're having trouble, grab another friend who loves the show and ask them yeah. which personality they think you are and go outside of gender because they're all so different um and just have a little fun with it so you're gonna get to know our friends because of this um as well as just you know be able to have a little fun thing to do for yourself yeah it'll be cool let us know who you are um you can let us know that on facebook and twitter we also have an email address the one with friends at gmail.com the one is numeric and we'd love to hear from you guys. So contact us. Let us know how we're doing if you enjoy the show. Um, all of our handles are in the show notes, so you can connect with us there. Yeah. So we will catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast. <laughs>